podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ongombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, Minson breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run. Yen Minson from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another News Players or the Pod under the banner of Touchline Fracker. I'll be a host tonight, X Pack, and I'll be joined by two lovely co hosts. First up, again, Scott Hall. Doesn't miss a beat at the moment. How you doing? Again, for what, third week in a row? You can piss right off. Uh, <laughs> every single last one of you. I'm done with this club. Done. He's done. I'll be back next He's season, done. by the way. He's even giving me a ticket to one of our games soon. I am. Um, <laughs> can't wait to sit in the North Stand. Booker. <laughs> T, how you doing? Always good, always good. Um, I feel like I've not been on in a few weeks, but yeah, um, I'm here, man. I'm here. What can I say? But you've made you made a return to football. The, the knees, the knees. How's it holding up after? Yeah, it's doing. It's doing bit slowly but surely. Not trying to throw myself back in too quickly, but yeah, slowly but surely, doing doing good work. Proud and passionate. Fair play. Well. There's only really one place to start. We've uh, just come off the back of conceding another last-minute equaliser against another relegation-threatened side on another occasion where we had a win all but wrapped up. Boy. Um, Stellini and Mason's first game in charge after Conte sucking however long it was ago. And we're expecting not wholesale changes maybe, but some certain small tweaks. Going into that first half tops, what did you kind of make of it? And did you kind of see anything which made you think, hmm, okay, this is this is a nice little tweak. This is a nice little change. This is going to give me a little bit of enthusiasm going forward. Um, honestly, no. I, I kind of felt that like since Conte had been um, dis- dismissed from his duties and Stellini and Mason were at the helm. I was hoping that it would be a bit of a fresh look to the team um, and maybe we would maybe just perform with a little bit more energy, a little bit more vim um, than we than we have done, especially in the last few weeks. Um, so when I saw the team and interestingly saw 
Lloris harshly, uh, well, Forster harshly dropped back for Lloris. But you can't really account for, you know, your club captain being on the bench if he's fit. And then Perisic being in the team. Um, and Sun starting again. Um, I was kind of just happy to just take whatever happened, uh, to be honest with you. I've, I, I had no expectations. And to be honest with you, for a long time now, I've had no expectations going into games. Like, it doesn't matter if you're top of the league. It doesn't matter if you're bottom of the league. Like, my expectation level is so low. I, I feel so mentally abused by this team <laughs> that <laughs> I don't really know what to expect on most match weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, going into it, to be fair, like, I... I... I think for any team to go away at a relegation threatened side, especially one with a new manager bounce, a Sean Dyke new manager bounce, no less. I think it was always going to be a hard game on paper. Like we were never going to, I think even if you're a Man City, you're finding it quite difficult to at least match their, their energy and to be able to break them down as they're going to be a very compact side. And they were like, they were very narrow I did notice we were trying to switch it quicker. Um, I didn't actually watch the first half. I couldn't catch it, but I caught the highlights. And you could notice they're not... I mean, one, our energy levels were actually good. Well, desire levels, however you want to call it. Maybe we didn't run the two kilometres before the game. Who knows? Um, But yeah, we were looking to switch it a bit quicker, obviously, with them being so narrow. And we managed to create one or two half chances off it. Perisic managed to managed to get a good chance into Kane. A decent chance into Kane, I should say. It was like a header, which he had to lean back for. Other than that, though, I think just as the game wore on, it just seemed to get a little bit flatter each like couple of minutes we played. But I've got to say, like I thought Kane played well from what I saw. He did. Um, I felt let down by like Son, Son and Kulisevsky, I should say, because Kulisevsky has not really been like his true self <laughs> since the beginning of the season, really. And um, yeah, just just the productivity from midfield, not just from uh, Yao's favourite player, but from Skip as well. There was one opening where like, Son was actually peeling off, making a good run. In clear space and skip overran it into the into the effort defense, which was yeah, it was frustrating. So yeah, a lack of quality until the uh, until the sending off incident, I think, which uh, was a bit of controversy. It was a bit of controversy somehow within itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you make of Kane generally, but. Like they, I watched my um, uh, Monday Night Football afterwards, and they debated this whole Kane incident just as much they they did the breakdown of the whole game, and it was arguing back and forth of whether he made a meal of it or not. Like, what did you make of that whole Decore Kane incident? He got mushed in the face. Yeah, like yeah, fine. He went down. Decore got a red card, but he got mushed in the face. I think people need to relax. This might be the first and very few times I actually defend Kane. This is nonsense because he fully got like he there was fingers in his eyes. Pause. Yeah, like it was, it was a mad mush in the face. A man are telling me, oh, he overreacted. When I've seen players get 
small one stud to the knee and do forward diving like an Olympic diver. No, I'm not trying to hear that. Like, he had every right to go down and hold his face. He had, a whole, like, nearly a whole bunch of fingers, pause, in his eyes. What kind of nonsense is that? What do you want man to do? Stand up. I, I've seen people say, oh, Richarlison did the same thing to Ramsdale. No, he didn't. It was completely different. It was a it was a palm to the face, but it was a completely different thing. Like he didn't mush man fully in his face. I don't want to hear none of this rubbish. Like stop that. Like I can't believe I'm actually defending Kane because if he was a Manchester United defend uh, player, I'm sure Gary Neville would have found an excuse. Oh, I think Gary Neville was the one defending him. To be fair, as Carragher because he wants him at Manchester. Yeah, Carragher. Uh, yeah, yeah. There is that. Carragher was the one saying if that was his son doing that, he would have. Carragher spat a girl on the motorway. Please, <laughs> like, like, stop that character. I like, wish that was said on Monday Night Football. Like he, he, he opened his mouth, rolled down his window, not, not electrically, rolled it down, and spat at a girl on the M way. Come on, I'm not trying to hear nothing from. from <laughs> Fair I've nothing. got to defend myself slightly here, so I'm getting called out. Like Papa Blankson's commenting, our front three lack of pressing is the reason panicking starts to happen. I'll get onto that because I think that was one of the um, reasons why we kind of stopped playing after we took the lead. Also, Kane was not good, Owen. I'll say why I thought he was good. Feel free to reply in the comments. But generally, like when he was dropping deep to retain the ball, he would always hold it. And well, more often than not, he would hold it and actually pass it off and find his man with these passes. And then the move would subsequently break down when he passed it to someone else. And he couldn't really get inside the box to <laughs> get on the move, which subsequently broke down. Could have done better with his decent chance that Perisic created for him. But no, generally, I think his all-round play and energy was actually pretty good. Um, but the bar, that said, is still on the floor. So, yeah, uh, make of that what you will. As I've just alluded to, Top, so I'll come to you. Um we did take the lead after Romero. After a wishy-washy game, he managed to throw himself in front of a challenge to win a penalty off uh, Michael Keane. Kane scores the penalty. Fair enough. That's what he does now, What do you it? make of... Uh, yeah, yeah. Against, um, against the goalkeeper that he trains against quite a lot as well, regularly. Um... What do you make of what happened after that? Why did Tottenham stop playing again? Um, I felt like it was a number of things. Uh, I felt like generally uh, we've had it happen to us a number of times this season. Um, and I kind of felt like the players mentally maybe just reverted into that that sort of mindset whereby you're winning the game and actually um, there's not that much to do and there's not too much onus for us to try and get forward. And I think, honestly, that for a large amount of this season, I actually think that they're suffering mentally. I don't know, you can call it a block or you can call it some sort of deficit whereby I don't think the players can truly ple like be themselves or express themselves in ways that they want to. 
And because there's been so much training and so much emphasis on a specific system, on them being in specific positions, that actually the notion to be free and to be expressive is massively reduced. And actually, that's affected us in, like, I think two ways. Firstly, the first way, I think, I don't think the players really think that they can, I don't, I don't believe that they can defend that well anymore. Um, because if you think about the system that they've played all season, it's been a Conte system. And for some reason, the Conte system hasn't worked, but they're persisted with the Conte system. And especially defensively, we've been affected using the system. And maybe the players don't feel like this is something that they can truly like get behind. I mean, it's all, you know, we can have a discussion about Stellini not being there, Stellini being there and being basically someone who's been with Conte for the last like 10 years, right? Fine. So he's basically, it's Conte light with Mason, but there were no real changes if we're really going to be honest. Like another thing that I think is massive, I don't think the players have mass, I don't think this group of players or actually not this group of players, I think there's like probably a large amount of players that are being asked to do things that they're just not comfortable with doing. Um, I look at our defenders, I don't think many of them are ball playing and lots of opportunities that we were playing ourselves into trouble because we hadn't, one, got the goalkeeper to do so and two, generally the players outside of Romero to do so. Um, another thing I think as well that we're suffering from a little bit is just a lack of actual football IQ. And the reason I say this is because if you're just looking at it from a... Um, uh, what's the best way to say this? If you're just looking at it from face value, if you are playing against 10 men, you numerically have more men. So if you numerically have more men, you just need to be able to keep them at, at whip's bay, at arm's length, but effectively, because you have the numerical advantage, you should be able to move them from side to side, be it with passing, being it with introducing decent passing lanes, being it even cross-field balls that, that, that Liverpool do all the time to open up play. We didn't have the mental IQ as a team to be able to create any opportunities to use that numerical advantage to our that numerical advantage to our benefit. And weirdly, we actually reverted and did the opposite. We were happy to sit back, let them press us high, give the ball away, and create basically no meaningful attacks until they scored. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm so confused at that like 20 minute spell after the red card and then five minutes just after they scored their goal. I, I was so confused. I didn't understand why we couldn't, we didn't look like we could put five passes together. We didn't look like any of our clearances were working. We didn't look comfortable in we didn't look comfortable in possession and we didn't look comfortable in our shape and this is against 10 men <sighs> yeah i agree um papa blankson just commenting back to what i said about kane and then i'll get into that a bit more he said i slightly agree since hoybieg refuses to turn and pass forward I say he wasn't good because he's taking too long to do his number 10 role and at times he needs to back into defenders more. Yeah, fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, what I noticed there was just a distinct lack of 
I guess you could call it physical and and mental energy. So Perisic was completely completely fucked. Like there was no doubt about that. Ideally, he would have needed to be subbed off just for someone who can just run and make himself available as an outlet for a pass, even if it's just for a dummy like he's or a decoy. Um, Son and Kulizewski and Kane as well probably were all fucked. Um, there was a nice little thing that uh, Conte used to do before Basuma got injured, which he'd actually get some joy out of. And even though he had and was misprofiling Basuma to a point, he would bring him on for an attacker as an extra midfielder, and that would give us more control in games. And we would see out results um, and even get back into games as a result of just gaining more control in midfield. You've got Hoybjerg as well, who it was ironic because we actually had our attackers making quite a lot of good runs from what I saw in the first half, but we weren't hitting them often enough. And then after the goal, everyone just stopped making themselves available it wasn't didn't have to be just in behind, like even just for an option short. Yeah, it was uh it was quite hard to watch, especially um when you've got a tied Hoybier trying to play no look passes a couple of times in a row, and then no matter how many times it fails, you'll continue to do it. But then can again, I, like and uh, this can I just this say isn't just hindsight. I just wanted to say like I, I really felt like was he taken off Longley? I don't know if you clocked his reaction tops when he came off, but even he was bewildered. As yeah, he was. he was. He was. He, he was. He was walking behind the goal as if to say, like, you fucking taking me off. Like, what's going on? But, like, again, like, okay, I know Yao wants to come in. Two things on that. Like, I just don't see. I don't know, man. Like, I'm not a coach. I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not any, at any level of my coach. But I just need to understand what his mindset was when he was making that decision. Because you're taking off a guy who's left-footed. Fine, he is in a yellow card. However, we aren't being pressured as much as they think we are because we have a numerical advantage. So if anything, we could even bend it to our will so that you never have to put him in situations where he's going to be one-on-one or someone's going to get in behind him. Secondly. In a game like that as well, and Toby says it all the time, we do really need a high-volume passer because there were lots of moments where Hoiberg on the turn with his back to goal, with himself at like 45 degrees receiving the ball, there's just no there's no protection of the football. You're constantly giving the ball away against a team that has like not that much to offer. They have We have a numerical advantage and... All we need to do is keep the ball, and constantly, this man, like he was, a, he was especially bad on Monday night. Like, like, you know, honestly, it just feels like you're just flogging, you're just flogging the same dead horse. Like, because if you are playing against ten men and you want to slow the game down. You have to keep possession. It's that like it's not even that difficult. You have to keep possession, even if it, it means recycling five, ten yards left and right, front and back. You have to retain possession, and constantly, this man was behaving in a way to give it away. 
under like little or no pressure. Like uh, it's so it's just difficult to defend when you're watch you're watching it and you're like, this can't be what this can't be what I'm seeing. Like, can it at this level? This can't be what I'm seeing. That was, uh, I guess, a question which is also an inadvertent layup for Yao, who has been waiting to come in. This definitely can be what you're seeing. <laughs> Rav, let me tell you this straight up, yeah. Poch, Jose, not Nuno because he doesn't count, and Conte. Now, under Poch, Poch was blamed. Uh, I'm going to be very fair on each manager. Poch was blamed predominantly for going nine months without a victory away from home. That's what, that's really and truly what started to be the rut against Poch. Because he got sacked early in the season. Like 13 games, yeah, we were 14th, but points-wise, it wasn't that crazy in terms of like the distance from getting back into the, the contention of things. Jose comes in and after probably around... October, late October, November of his first full season. So not his first season, but the actual full season. People are like, oh, I hate this style of football, blah, blah, blah. We get to December, we're top of the league. People are like, we hate this style of football. Um, and then it crumbles after, after December. Completely crumbles. Conte comes in. And around January, again, we're having another crumble. You know, just losing bare games, most of them to Chelsea. And then the last 10 games, we somehow turned it around and finished top four. Cool. Poch's tenure, towards the end, he was blamed. The players weren't blamed so much. Jose's tenure, he was blamed. And even murmurs of people saying, oh, he's telling the players to drop. Drop deep. Sit back and defend 1-0. Players came out and said the manager wasn't doing that. What? He did do that though. He did hey. against Arsenal and Man City. No, no, and no then we that couldn't was, that get was, back out of that. No, that was tactically set because when we were at home, we did the same thing. We beat those teams. That was yeah. a tactical set. I'm talking about in other games where we were one 0 up against lesser opposition, and the team sat. And fans, including you just now, said Jose told the players to do that, and the players came out and said no, he didn't. So, all right, cool. But fans were adamant. It was Jose. Conte How has we got to talking about Jose, by the way? Hey, I'm not. I'm not bringing okay. it round. I'm not bringing it round. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Conte okay. now comes in. Again, we got one new up. Players sit. Nobody has once said. Not one person has said Conte is telling the players to sit back. People have now finally realized after three managers, these men are doing it of their own accord. After three managers, one of course was heavily hated but oh well but after three managers people have finally clocked on oh you know what it might not actually be the manager telling these players to sit back yes Conte system doesn't really work in our favour yes we don't have the players to do the Conte system the way he would like his system to be however these players go one new up and revert to type they sit back because they're afraid because they're shook because they're losers one through to 11. None of them really take, you know, the front foot and say, you know what? Nah. If if we keep going at these guys, we're going to score two, three, four, five. None of them. 
not even the record goal scorer, whose accolades are just individuals, because he's not a team player, as we saw in Southampton. Son waiting for the ball, man blazes it over the bar, because that's what you do when you're an individualist. We need to rip up the script. I'm happy for certain man to leave the club. Happy. Come summer, I'm happy for the whole script to be ripped. Completely. Fair. Torn to shreds. The majority okay. of people that need to leave are obviously Toby's favourites, but that's fun. No. <laughs> this is segue into something else I wanted to speak about. So I was going to wrap up the Everton game because we all know what happened afterwards. Um, yeah, he, he brought on, Stellini brought on Lucas Mora. I can't remember if he made any more subs. I think it was just Sanchez and Mora, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Mora, who's not as good as Dan Juma, and he's leaving at the end of the season, got himself sent off, got a bit, got a bit excited. And um, then we conceded a screamer from Michael Keane. Um, mental, mental. So... He ended up drawing the game. So it's the 90th minute they scored that. Um, Stellini said to come out in the press conference again, say, yeah, yeah, Dan Juma is a good player and that, you know, it's just hard to get him in the team because of players like Lucas Mora, uh, Son, Kulizewski, that lot. Conte tried to say that he wasn't really fancying Dan Juma because he doesn't see him as like a number 10 or... Whatever else, I'm just like, what? What do you see Lucas Moore as then? Because this this guy's getting minutes over people like Dan Jumi, who's getting minutes over Bergvain last season. I I I don't get it. I don't get it. And um, yeah, it just leads to what Yao was saying. Now he wants to rip up the script. Many fans calling for a rebuild. Um. But what does a rebuild look like for Spurs in your mind? And I guess how long would that take as well? Oh, this is something that we did speak about in the group um, mm-hmm. this week. Um, oh, based off the, off the end of last season, I was of the opinion that it would take two to three more windows um, because I felt like we did a lot of good work to remove players um, or not remove players or just sideline them or kind of slown them away. And actually, we were slowly starting to move towards players of a higher technical level. So you look at players like Romero, you look at Bentenko, you look at um, Kulusevsky, you know, you look at Poro, arguably, you can even say you can say Udogi. And I mean, to an extent, a little bit, he hasn't really performed amazingly, but from a technical perspective, you can even say Perisic as well. So that's positive. However, there are still like big areas in the team that need to be looked at. Um, and the issue that I think is a problem is that you can't fix all these big issues in one window. I also think that the loan system that we have at the moment or how we're managing our loan system needs to be completely looked at because there's lots of players out on loan. And when it comes to squad planning, lots needs to be done to to kind of like fix those issues. Those guys 
was it eight or nine of them will all come back in the summer. Do they want to be at the club? Will they be given opportunities to be at the club? Can we get can we gain some revenue from them? Will we, will we make will we have to accept that we're going to make losses on them? So that's something that needs to be fixed. In terms of the time timeline, I honestly don't see how it changes positively for us in the next two years. I I, I just I don't. And the reason I say that is because you've still got Sun on a long-term deal. You've got Kane, who may or may not decide that he's going to sign. You've still got Ndombele, we've got two more years on his deal. You've got lots of players who are not really on the periphery of the squad, who are just more just squad players, but they're not really getting game time. And like I think big decisions have to first be made on those players. But then we have to also decide what kind of um, profile of player we want to be. We we wanting we are wanting to be looking at. I kind of feel that this direction that we were going in, with regards to young potential players with possible resale value, I think it works. But I think at the moment the squad actually needs it needs deep work for the first team, for the starting eleven, And my issue with that is that that's going to cost money. But at this point, Owen, you know, you know how it goes. To spend money on starting eleven players is something that we just don't have. Um, you know, we've still got to pay Kulisevsky money at the end of the summer. And then we start to look at the deep areas that need fixing. We need a starting goalkeeper, which I think is going to cost us anywhere between 30 and 50 million. We need a high-volume passer or creative midfielder, in my opinion, which is going to cost us, again, similar, similar, similar sort of value. And if we're looking at protecting that left side, Sun being 30 already, we're going to have to start thinking long-term about either a starting left wing or a proper backup right wing. And that's, again, going to cost another big amount. Plus, I haven't even touched on the fact that we are desperately in need of a starting top centre back, so you know if you do if you do the maths on those numbers, bro. If you do the maths on those numbers, bro, man, that's like two hundred upwards, and I ain't seen us spend that much money in years. And the only way ever I see us doing that is either one, we generate a lot of revenue by selling Kane, which I which I'm not one hundred percent sure about, and two, we generate revenue um, from selling. Oh. Sorry. Selling, trying, selling the guys who are effectively on loan, and they can maybe draw up some extra money. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is now a process that is going to take some time, and it's got to be a two-way process. It, it, I mean, like I've always said that my biggest issue was getting the players out, and actually, we've signed some good players in: Poro, Udogi, Kulu, Benten, Romero. I think that's okay. I also think now that it's got to be a two-way street. The guys have to be gone and we have to bring quality in. And I I don't even think, Owen, at this point, that there's no negotiation to this. Otherwise, we're going to have the same issues and we'll be having the same conversation next summer. For sure, for sure. Um, I guess, how long do you think that would take? Like, How many windows before, I guess, we're at that? that level uh, which you'd be like okay that's gonna be 
something I'm happy with. Three windows. I think three windows. Yeah. I think it's still born three. Um, as I've See, alluded to, like in the group chat and I guess other pods as well. Like, yeah, I think we're, I guess, halfway through this rebuild already. If we're looking at what we've done with the player recruitment, the recruitment team behind the scenes being overhauled, and the players we've actually been willing to take a loss on, um, most potently Delhi, who we actually let go for free, even though he was worth the most amount of any player in world football in like 2017, which is still mad to me. We've been willing to take cut price deals on players like Ndombele, Lo Celso, Regulon. We really need to let go of players like Winks. We've already got rid of Aurier, Sissoko, Lamella, who is just on a cut price thing with the Hill deal. Um, Doherty, we let go for free because we just couldn't uh, loan out another player. Like, we've we've decided to get rid of so many players now. We didn't actually realise that rule about loaning out too many players until, like, the last hour of the transfer window. So I'm liking that new intent from us. I just need us to continue in that way, hopefully generate some money through some transfers this this summer. Like I don't think we're going to get anywhere near some of the figures I've seen on people put up on Twitter, like 25 million for Lacelso, 15 million for Winks, etc. etc. Like you'd be lucky to get half that, I'll be real. But we can generate a decent amount still. I think like we can probably get minimum depending on the interest in these players, I guess, but like 50. Okay. Like Owen, in your opinion, amount. in your opinion, first of all, two questions. Okay. Of the players that we have now that are on loan, who do you want back? And second question, um, how much do you actually realistically think we can generate from the players that you don't want back? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll continue with the 50 million from the collective players that I don't want back. Like either the Celso's, the I won't say his name, but you know who it is. Um, the Joe Rodons. Um, who else? Who else? Who else am I forgetting? Um, Regular. Brian Hill. Brian Hill, Regulon. I'll take, I'll um, Brian I'm Hill. not sure on Regulon, you know. I do want Hill back. Um, I want Ndombele... I, 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 I can answer this question. That's ...to get I'm... a look in at pre-season training at least. Uh-huh. But that's... Uh, that's it. Um, I'm trying to think of who else we can actually just sell other than uh, Kane. Um, Gogeta's put a decent one in there. Troy Parrott might get a small, small fee for him. Yeah. I think he's falling down the picking order of our kind of young strikers now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can only generate a decent amount of money if the club actually cut their losses on these bummy players. I think we tried to, honestly, I think we tried to last summer, but there's the yin and yang effect of being the richest league in Europe by far, it's like when you've got players who have been signed for a certain amount of money and certain amount of wages they've been put on, it's hard to offload these players in the post-COVID market. But hopefully that's started to level out a bit more now. Um, Yao, sorry, you said you were going to answer the question for me. Yeah, I think there's someone, one player that definitely has to go that will probably generate a tidy fee um, regardless of what he's done this season. Son. 
I think I just realised we could probably sell Hoybjerg as well. Like, nah, we, should, we, should, we should do to Hoybjerg what we did to Deli Ali. Like, no, but um, then, what's funny is that, like, we're talking about players that are alone, and like, arguably, there are guys in the in the squad now that we can actually let go and actually get some money from. Oh. I think I think Hoiberg is that is is someone in that. I think. Um, how, much, how much do you think I we're think, getting for Hoiberg? I think Cess is one of those guys. How much I do you think, think we're we'll getting for Hoiberg? I don't know if uh, anyone buys Cess, you know. I think we can get 20, 15 to twenty million for you, bro. We're not getting no more, no more like, than what, what we pay for. San, San, Sanchez is going into his last year. I think we can get some money for him as well. I mean, twenty million yeah. max for Sanchez. There's lots of guys in this squad that can easily be moved on, and I think the club needs to just make the decision. And I, I don't know, like I know that the model of having a director of football is really good, and it seems to positively work. But actually, I think like. It should there should be hopefully a manager or someone strong enough to be able to say, I'm sorry, maybe you're just not good enough at this point. You're just not good enough for what we want. And what I think is so important is that our recruitment for in terms of our manager is hugely important because if we're being real, for the last three, three and a bit years since Poch left, we've reverted to playing a certain style with certain players. And whilst in some moments it's worked. Largely, it's a negative style. And I think if we have players who are largely like put in systems which allow them to positively express themselves and allows them to play progressively, there's a lot of players that don't even fit that bill, that, that, that in this current squad, that I don't even think can fit that bill, which I think will make a decision, will almost make the decision for us in many, in many respects. So, so for me... In the current squad, this summer, I would let... I'm not talking fees. I'm talking about who I would let go. Whatever they generate is whatever they generate. But I'd let Sessignon go. I'd let Perisic go. Yeah. I'd let Hoybier go. Mm. I'd, send, I'd send Skip away on loan. Why? 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 Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I'll I'll send skip away on loan. Not not that I personally want him to go because I think I think there's something there, but he it might not happen. But I'll let him go on loan to a Premier League team. I'll move Sar up to his position in terms of like fringe starting or getting games. Mm-hmm. And I would heavily consider selling um Son. Sanchez has to go, and I know Lucas is going. From the players that are coming back, as much as he you know, he didn't have a good tenure before he got sent out on loan. I would keep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, oh, I'd also, I, I wouldn't even sell Rodon. I'll just cancel his contract. That's a fraud. I would um, give Regulon another try as a as a, a backup left back to uh, Destiny. Udoji, yeah. I would bring Endombele back. Again, give him another try. Hopefully, you know, things change there. I would 
after so that so basically my midfield would be somewhere between Basuma and Dombele and Bentoncourt. Yeah, but yeah, we've got to be mindful that Bentoncourt probably is not coming back to like good form at least December. However, however, taking into consideration all this nonsense that's going around right now, apparently that we're leading the race for Madison. If Madison is in, then that's part one of the three that's starting. And the only reason I'm not having Skip stay and I'm keeping Sar, this is going to sound a bit harsh on Skip here, but I think I think where he's had the injury and he's not been in favour with Conte for whatever reason it is, and when Conte has used him, Conte used him in a weird position where he had him out wide of the three, which was weird. For me, I think if he goes out long to a Premier League team, it's a fresh start. At least a team that should hopefully be playing the way that we want him to be playing. I disagree with you. Honest to God, honest to God, I think if he stays, this is going to sound really harsh, and I don't mean it in the way that's going to come out. I think Mm -hmm. if he stays, the next manager is not going to favour him at all. Why? They're not. Why? 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 Because really and truly, yeah, and this is going to sound really harsh on Skip. I only see him one playing one position, and that's DM. I don't see him playing box to box centre mid. And, I don't and, think I don't think he's favourable in that in that role. And who and are I, DMs in the moment? Who are DMs in the moment? He's the only DM. Exactly. Like, like okay. you're, you're answering but, your own question. You're but, your own wait, question. wait, 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 wait! You haven't even let me finish. The managers we've been linked to don't play a genuine standard DM. They play a DM that can actually play box to box. Enrique at Barcelona, even though Busquets plays DM, he can play box to box. Skip can't do that. Even so, if Nagelsmann, even if Nagelsmann comes in, which he won't, but if Nagelsmann come in, any of his DMs play box to box. He played Sabitzer as a DM because he could play box to box. Skip can't do that. So all of these managers that we're looking at, they don't, they don't expect their DM to be just a straight flat out DM, which is Skip's best role. They expect their DM to be capable of dictating the pace sometimes if they need to pass it on and go. He doesn't do that well. That's not his game. So I actually, I actually think it's important to have his profile, though. Even if it means he doesn't... I think it's important to have his profile. I don't think he can survive another season being being on the fringe and getting Carabao Cup games. Well, the, the thing is, though, as well, is that at this point, I, I actually rate him as a better DM than Hoiberg. I think he does he, a lot of... He's by far he, better he does a, he does a lot than Hoiberg. Hoiberg he does a is lot, He does a lot of the defensive work better than him. I think he does the simple stuff he probably could do a bit better. But he links play a bit. A, no, actually, he doesn't link play as well as Hoiberg. No, 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 no. But pause for a second. Pause for a second, brother. But I think Papa Blackson. What have I just seen? Did man put forty million? Is that for, is that forty racks beside Hoiberg's name? Or is is this is this a squad number? Some I need I need him to come in the comments immediately. And explain what that 40 means. That better not be 40. <laughs> so I'm going to read this out for the audio listeners in. and then I'll go through the kind of unanimous players that we'd sell and go through how much we would actually realistically take or get for them. So Papa Blankson has said Sanchez will get 15 million for Tanganga 10, Winks 15, Lacelso 20, Regulon 20, Rodon 15, Huibiek 40. Um, Sessignon 20, Loris 2, Perisic 5. I think you just leave on a pre contract. Uh, Kane 100 for 
Emerson 25. Um, I didn't actually add Emerson to the list, but I might as well. So I've got Winks, Sanchez, Hoybier, Rodon, La Celso, Cesc, Tanganga, Parrot. Um, I don't know if it's unanimous that we'd sell Emerson Royale, especially if we go to a back four. But I guess how much would you take for Winks realistically? 15. I don't think we'll actually get that much for him. I think oh. 10 with homegrown tax if we sell him to another Premier League club. Oh, if, if he goes to another Premier League club, then 15. Okay, not fair. Uh, like, uh, like, do you know what's so upsetting about look, about looking at like even that list is that like uh, how many clubs at Premier League level need that much work done on their squads? Like, and not just from a first team perspective, but from a from like a twenty two man squad, eighteen man squad. Like like that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's possibly thirteen. I'm gonna say okay, thirteen's a stretch because I think Kane's maybe staying. I think Emerson probably stays. I think uh, Regular maybe stays, and we can probably give Loris an extension for a year. So I let's. Do. He's gonna stay. So let's 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 take away five, four or five of those. That's still nine or ten players that need to be moved on in the squad, and that means, like, by deduction, that's nine or ten players that need to be replaced. That also need to come in. It's it's it almost feels like it's too much to be done in one, in one in one window. And yeah, it won't be done in one window, but we need to be thinking long term that this is the work that he's doing, and until we get this work done we're going to be getting a lot of the same. Fair enough. How much would you take for Sanchez? Uh, I'd take 20 million for Sanchez at this point because he's in last year. He will year. get 20. Yeah, because uh, I think he's in last year's contract. And the thing about Sanchez is that in this Premier League, I think his biggest deficiency is that he's not a technical defender. But when it comes to defending, he actually does it okay. Doesn't He's not like awful. It's just that when you watch him with the ball at his feet and when he needs to do things that are just simple, he... He can't do it. But when it, when it comes to things that are like primal, like defending, I think he doesn't do that stuff bad. He's fairly athletic. He's not a bad tackler. He's, he's, kind, of, he's kind of okay at pressing people. But I just, I just think in the Premier League, I just don't think it's right. I, I think he would do well in like Spain or Italy. I really do. Fair. Fair. Um, I think 16 plus add-ons. Yeah, that seems doable. That seems doable. Um, Hoi Birk, I just put 15 just so we could break even somehow. Uh, Joe Rodon, like 10. Oh, 10, yeah. Celso. 8 million for Joe Rodon. Uh, I think Lacelso, I think, is an interesting one because, like, from where I've, what I've seen of him at Villarreal, the guy can still play. I've watched a little bit from him as well for Argentina. Guy can still play. It's, it's very odd to me why it didn't work out at Spurs. Very odd to me. Uh, when I think when I think about it, but pace of the league, there's a player. There's, there's a player there, and to be honest with you, we can use it to our advantage because I think Villarreal actually want him. Yeah, they um, do, but they can't afford what we want for him. So 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 it's going to come at a, a, a cost, a cut price because he wants to go, and we'll probably want to get him off our books. Um, I I can't see how it's anything more than twenty million. I don't think they even have that. So anything fifteen plus, I don't know something. Um, like, uh, <laughs> oh, it's just, it just feels like just just the 
the, the planning it's painful, of it. But we're actually raising more funds than I thought we would already. You know, uh, like yeah, how much should we get to possess? <laughs> For that piece of crap. No, what I'm going to say about Cess is going to probably shock everyone. This summer, Cess has to go on along with an option to buy. Because yeah, we're, we're not moving him for straight peas. Nobody, after what he's delivered in the past yeah. two seasons, is paying straight peas for him. He has to go and earn his bread. Uh, Owen, Owen I don't even... I, don't even I, like, I know it sounds terrible, and I'm just trying to be objective because I'm looking at what we can get from these guys. I don't think he can play at Premier League level anymore. I, 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 I really don't. I don't. Yeah, the same, I, I, I think not only is the level, not only is the league too, it's too physical for him, but I, I also think it's so technical now. And he just looks like either he's two yards slow for it, or he's just not physical enough to manage it. Like, it's like I watched this guy and I'm absolutely baffled that his, his career has gone this way because this is a guy who's clearly devoid of massive amount of confidence but I honestly think he just needs to go back to basics and the way the Premier League is set up th these days I think some people would rather take a risk on like a Junior Furpo, a Estupinian than they would be on a, on a Cess he would be Easy. better off they would, he would be better off going to like a championship side trying to get themselves back in the league where there's not too much pressure on him to perform every week but he has experience of playing in the bigger leagues and he can be like someone who can really get his form back. Lots of players have done it. Lots of players have done it. Like lots of players have done it. I just, I just, I just think I just don't see a role for him in in Tottenham now, and I just don't see a role for him in any of these other teams when his injury record is it is what it is, and even his playing record when he is fit is the way it is. It's it's really quite sad because this is a kid. It's literally a kid. Damn, yeah, yeah, and uh, I agree with that. Now we've got uh, we've got Jaffet Tengenga. Oh, just, just get rid, just, just get rid. I, like, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sick and tired of listening to guys that are just periphery dons that come in and do not perform. Like, the issue again we have with lots of these players is that the drop off between first team quality and squad quality is so vast and like. I'm sorry, at a top six team like Spurs, I'm sorry, there should not be that much of a drop-off. If you're going to say to me, okay, I'm playing Romero and I'm going to take out Romero and play Dyer for a cup game, fine. If you're going to say to me, I'm going to take out Udogi and I'm going to bring in Davies, I'm going to say, fine. I'm not listening to, to, I'm not listening to players like Rodon and Tanganga. The drop-off is too fast. And unfortunately for these guys you're in a situation whereby they're getting no minutes and the minutes they are getting is only when they're being thrust into the team because of injuries and other issues. And then their confidence gets battered because they don't play enough. And then when they do play, they make mistakes, they're confident, they maybe try to do too much. No. I, 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 I'm honestly of the opinion, at this level, for Spurs to try and move forward what we want to do, we need to start culling. We need to actually start culling some of these guys. And it's okay to do that. Like you can start again. You can you can you can afford to just do something different, but we can't keep doing the same thing. No one can keep coming back to me and saying to me, Tanganga's a good option. No, he's not. I'm not not listening to it. How can't much? keep saying to me. A ten million, five million, five ten million, get rid of him. 
think maybe another loan to buy, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll it's, spend it's, another it's just, 10 million. And what's so frustrating is that, like, you're looking at guys at his age that are playing regular football, regular football every week. You're happy to sit on the bench. You should be moving on. It's insane. I think he tried to move on, to be fair. Like, there was that, um, in that sense, it was either on BT Sport or Sky Sports, I can't remember, and it followed players on their transfer deadline day, day journeys. Yeah, he and did, Tengenga he had options. He had options, yeah. and I think, I think if I'm correct... Back for homegrown quarter reasons. It, it might have been one or two things, actually. Not just the homegrown, but I can't believe I'm going to say this. wasn't just the homegrown, but I believe that Conte and the club kept him because we may have been short of defensive options if injuries arise. Yeah, and uh, listen, uh, I'm, going, uh, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, Conte has he's such like, a mid ute. Yeah, everyone he likes is mid. It's it, for me. It's just frustrating though. It's because like. You look at guys that are his age, like you're looking at Cole Will, you're looking at Gayheed, you're looking at that brother Cresswell. Like, there's guys that are playing regular football, and you're sitting on the bench. You have to do something because at this at a club like Tottenham, your minutes are going to be few and far between. So you have to prioritize your playing career. You have Did to. Did he get a contract extension? Uh, no, I don't think so. He didn't. Let me just check. Because it, it feels like he's just happy to sit on the bench for peace. I mean, uh, Tanganga, he is 24 years... Oh, my God, he's 24 years old. 2020, 2025, two appearances, no starts. It's just, it's just, when, I, when I read stuff like this, I'm just like, whatever, man. No he starts. actually had what I thought was quite a high ceiling at one point as well. That like His initial um, run, 1920. 24-year-old in the Premier League and with now, two yeah. sub-appearances. Yeah, that, that was that was new new player bounce. One thing one thing that's interesting about the Premier League here yeah, is if you're I'm not gonna say decent, if if you're a player in certain positions, so outside of midfield, so defense and forward, if you're a player and most of the um opponents haven't played against you or don't know what you're about, those first few games you might come across as a worldie. You might even have some really top-level performances boost your whole confidence up. Because big man, when they find out what you're really about in this league and you've got no plan B, you're just another Kika Makeda, bruv. And that's not what you want to be. Yeah, You don't want to be the wondrous kid that scored that wonderful goal and then doesn't have a career. Sanganga had a great first game. I think it was against Liverpool. Because we had injuries, great first game. Sure, put his body about. Jose played him left side, right side, middle. He's fine, pause. He was cool. You know, he'd done his thing. And then he got the regular, he got the regular performances, the reg- regular startups. And I, do you know what the game, the game that actually made me crop, though? This kid is ass. Crystal Palace. Just... <laughs> I was like, what the yeah, <laughs> when I watched that game, when I saw what he did to Zaha, at first, I was like, yeah, that's fine, you know, yeah, fine, you pushed him. But then I, I, I stepped back and I thought about it for a second. I was like, flag! Do you know how rubbish you have to be to, to for that to be your first thought, to just push the opponent? Because you know you're not going to get there. I'm like, nah, this kid is... Bruv, he is wired differently. I don't care if he's from Edmonton. Like... <laughs> to the stadium, bruv. Move. Like, so sometimes I have a bit of sympathy because I feel like... 
in many ways, and I'll, I'll move on from this, in many ways, it's difficult because as a young player, you're like, you're at, you're at a club like Tottenham. You, you get a few of these guys, club like Tottenham, club like Chelsea, club like, uh, you know, uh, Liverpool. And you just want to, and you want to, you want to prove yourself and you want to play. But there's a level, there's like a, a small balance between your eagerness and your enthusiasm and stubbornness because there's players that can actually play at this level who are of age. You're talking about players like Abraham, who, okay, finally didn't have funny time at Chelsea, but he is playing in a, in a top league and performing. You have Tomori, you have, you have these young guys who are capable of playing. You have Lookman. Sometimes you just have to take the stubbornness out, out of it and be like, you know what, even if it means I drop down a league or I change a change team, at least I can still get my football and I can still produce. I can still get some tape. I can still get some minutes in me. But like at this at this point, you're looking at people like I'm looking at people like him. I'm looking at people like um Rodon. Uh I'm looking at Rodon. I'm even that, that guy that's at Fulham, Tosin Adaira Bio, whatever. These are guys who are just stubborn, who are not playing any football. And these are their prime years where they should be getting experience playing regular football, even if it is not in the team that they want to play for, but at least they're getting minutes under their on you know, minutes under their feet. But it's just it's it's so frustrating now. You're t- how are you a twenty four year old and people don't know what kind of defender you are? It's not no, no, no. I'm, you I'm you say two matches and none of them are starts. Yeah, none of them are starts, yeah. Wow. Even Brian Hill's got a start and he weren't even favoured. Yeah. There we go. So I uh, added up <clears throat> see those fees. Um I think the minimum and the very minimum we can get from those names is about eighty million. So who knows, we might actually be able to do a little a little something sank in the summer and um Obviously, if Ndombele stays as well, a few of us might be happy. A few of us have said we've got one more in us. He's come out with some quotes today and he was saying, like, I don't know what my future will be. Many fans ask me to return to Tottenham, but the clubs will decide and Napoli have an option to buy. I don't think he's getting first team starts or regular starts there. So I can't no, see he's Napoli not. paying out. He's not. Um, he's, he's absolutely not. Yeah, and he said, I don't mind being on loan here, but sometimes I see football's being treated more like commodities than people. That's the unfortunate nature and reality of modern football, I think. Um, There was no other solution with Tottenham, and I'm happy I chose Napoli. With Conte, there was no choice. I would like to demonstrate my value on the pitch, but I was on the edge of the group. It was communicated to me within the first day back. Am I lazy? No, it's a label I've always had from school to the field, but it's not like that. On the contrary, I work constantly to improve. Yeah, I've, I've got one more in me. Um, Facts. Facts. But that's uh, limited to what we can do with that for now. We've obviously got a game against Brighton on the weekend. Um, I'm not... I'm not optimistic of even getting the point in this game but what kind of little tweaks and or changes can we make to this team to make us somewhat respectable uh yeah well I'll, I'll go with you first let's see what what have i predicted since the north london derby a loss for every single game i predict <laughs> a loss <laughs> yeah don't don't matter what the scoreline is i predict that we are going to lose oh man 
<laughs> no, no changes either, or just just nothing's changing. I don't care what the team what the team lineup is. I couldn't care if Harry Kane's going for his 18th, 18th goal of the season. Couldn't give a flying crap. We're gonna lose. Harry Kane's gonna do four kilometers of running. Hope you all to the opponents twelve times. I mean, uh, uh, just so you know, anyway, uh, you know, Harry Kane actually has twenty one goals. Yeah, just just for your uh... yeah, probably probably seventeen of those are penalties. I, like, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you what he's done this season because I couldn't give a flying crap for him. I don't listen. When he came out and said it felt like a shot to the heart that we went out of the FA Cup, I was like, all right, cool, bruv. You know, granted, you didn't really start that game. Yeah, he only played 20 minutes at yeah. I was like, cool, I hear it. But the Carabao Cup, when we lost to, I believe it was Nottingham Forest that we got kicked out by in the Carabao yeah. Cup. Yeah, but we were awful that day and he wasn't really at fault, to be honest. It's not just him. I'm talking about the team. I don't want to hear it's a shot to the heart. Yeah, when man's been to four finals and had no shots on target. I don't want to hear shot to the heart <laughs> when you've been to 13 semi-finals and dunked out or bared them. I don't want to hear shot to the heart when you're getting dunked out of a competition to Nottingham Forest. I don't want to hear none of it. I don't want to hear shot to the heart. I don't I don't even want to hear him say, oh, he is one of the captains and one of the... He's not a leader in this group. You must be mad. You must be mad. If you think <laughs> I'm going to sit there and listen to Harry Kane, say, come on, lads. Come on, lads, what? Shut your mouth. Do your job, yeah. Turn up in the big moments, yeah. How can you? How can you have three kids? How can you deliver in your bed, but you can't deliver in the pitch when it damn well matters? What kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> I don't want to hear twenty-one goals. What's twenty-one goals going to do for me? We're, we're about to finish seventh. Are people looking at this? Brighton have got two games in hand. Newcastle two games in hand. United two games in hand. Everybody's got games in hand in us. What? Am I think we're going to creep to fourth? Listen, point, man, points on the board, brother. Every man needs to thank Allah, needs to thank God, needs to thank whatever thing you're preaching to. Obviously, preach to God, take time and think about it. But, bruv, if we make top four, that's a madness because this is the ugliest, ugliest season I've ever seen in my life. No, correction. It's not the ugliest season I've ever seen in my life. No, 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 no. But the feeling of this season, the feeling of this season, how I feel about this season is the exact same feeling I had in 98. Yes, people, that far back when we were literally four points above the relegation zone. This is how bad I feel about this season. I couldn't give a flying crap where we are in the league table. We look awful. Awful. We stink. We absolutely stink. We so, do. We do. We're going to go to Brighton. That that young, yeah, youngster kid, what's his name? Matoma. And Evan Ferguson, yeah? He's going, Matoma is going to cause hell. Listen, I need police on standby because there's going to be <laughs> multiple raping that I do not want to see present. He needs to be arrested after the game because I know this guy's going to cause us hell. And Evan, Evan Ferguson, what, Baby Kane, they're calling him. Oh, he might deliver. I heard he's not a loser. That's what I heard. Hey, make what you want in it, yeah. But we are going to lose. In fact, I've got a scoreline for you guys. Four-one. We're gonna get punched. Yeah. We're gonna score first, and it's gonna be a penalty by Kane. It's, it's gonna be an interesting one. Um, I watched them midweek. 
I watched them last week. They're a good side, man. They got really good players, lots of players in form. Um, they have lots of scorers across the pitch as well. Um, and they seem to be really like playing in a really positive way. Like I don't know, for lots, I, I did think that they were playing under a template that was largely Potter's. But um, funnily enough, we've played them a few times and um, we always we seem to have got the better of them in the re- in the recent times, um, which I'm not really sure not really sure why. Um, it's weird. We've had back to back wins at their home ground, but yeah, I'm not sure what the result was at our stadium the season before. But last season they beat us in the last minute. It was a trossard. It's either one nil or two one. We beat them Come the on. season before that. Um, Gareth Bell. Yeah. Two oh, nil. Yeah. Yeah, Gareth Bell. Two nil. Yeah, yeah Regulon to Bell. Was that the season mm. before? Yeah. That was season before, yeah. No, that feels like ages ago. That was the that was the COVID season, yeah. Yeah, fair, fair. I think Kolozeski and Sun both need to be dropped. For who? Sar and Danjuma. <laughs> <laughs> Danjuma! That's hey. literally all we can oh, do. With these options. Italians don't even like the Nigerian brother. So what would you, would you <laughs> go for? Would you is that what you're saying that you go for a, a midfield or a three-five-two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can I can honestly see how that would work. Um, so it means that means so that we would means that we would we would pack the midfield <laughs> because that's that's where they are very strong. You know, in those three in Gross, Calcedo, and McAllister. They've got three players of three different profiles who are excellent, who have been excellent this season. Um, like I, I've, I think I saw the other day that uh, in the Premier League, McAllister's got like ten goals. Do you know Son has four goals in the league? McAllister, a midfielder for Brighton, has ten goals. All right, well, he, uh, has, damn. he has nearly a goal per month in the season. More like than, it's, it's more than it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Like uh, Gross is playing at a really high level, and we all know, you know, um, how many teams were linked with Caicedo and his qualities. So we have to really and like uh, you know what, even like Mitomo on one wing. Uh, the other day, I watched what was it, Brighton against Brentford. Sully March had six shots on target. <laughs> I mean, <What? laughs> I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Six I, I shots on target. I couldn't believe I was watching. So, no, like in my head, so, in, so in, in my head, I'm like, mm, their their chance creation is heavy, which I think is like, just that's how he's got them playing. Uh, Solly March on one wing, a midfield free, which is Mitoma, and um, uh, a midfield free with Mitoma and Solly March on the flanks, and they've got like you know a decent sort of setup with Estepinian left back. Um, Colwell, Webster, Dunk at the back. Um, although they have dropped their goalkeeper, uh, Sanchez, for Steele in the last like three, four games. I'm not sure why. Um, and still seems to have come in and, and done quite well. But oh, it's one of those games that we could we could shithouse it. We could very much shithouse it. But I think, we're, I honestly believe, and I, and I say this like, you know, with a heavy heart, it could be a long day for us. There's no, there's no, you shouldn't be saying this with a heavy heart. Big man, listen, you just have to be honest with yourself. You just said Steve March had six shots on target. We are going to get absolutely annihilated. In fact, you know what? Let me, let me be, let me be nice. 
We're going to lose every game from this point of the season to the end of the season, yeah? Listen, this team is cooked. It's done. It's finished. I couldn't care what we do. I don't care if we win, even. I'm still going to chalk it up as a loss. This season is right off. It's a complete write-off. Let's get to someone and let's think about it. Because we ain't signing a manager till, till the season's done anyway. Or to to the fraud man, part of the mafia team, has his appeals finished. Outside of that, we ain't signing nobody. So, I mean, the only, thing that, the only thing that gives me a little bit of confidence is that their recent form has been against teams that are in the lower half of the, of the league. And to be honest with you, we're quite fortunate that you know, they're, they're fortunate in the sense that they, they get, they're effectively playing one game a week, apart from the FA Cup at the moment, which they're in the semi-final. But they don't have much experience of playing these big pressure games. And whilst we say, oh, Brian, I've got two games in hand, you know, it's all about points on the board. And they've still got to play some really difficult games. They've still got to, they've still got to play Arsenal. They've still got to play us. They've still got to play Newcastle. Um, they've got some really important fixtures in the next few games to try and... De- um, to try and see how their league goes. And, you know, listening to that, um, the Beautiful Game podcast, you know, like, I know it's really, like, defeatist to speak about a team like this because they're somewhat inferior to Spurs in terms of their size and everything. But the way the CEO spoke was almost like they're just happy to be there. They're happy to finish as high up the league and perform with no pressure. Uh, And sometimes, and sometimes, if you actually play in a way like that, when it doesn't go your way, you, you can't be really disappointed. So they're going to go into these games, just try and perform and get what they can. But I don't really think it's going to be a case of, oh, Brighton are going to be like this massive next big, next big thing as well. Because also, like we have to just accept it as well. Clubs like this, you know, they're getting good moments, but effectively they're a feeder club and they're actually happy being a feeder club. In the summer, they're going to lose Cowell. They know they're probably going to lose Ferguson. They know they're probably going to lose Matoma. If someone comes in for a big bid, you know, um, the CEO said it himself, if the bid is right, someone like Calcida could easily go as well. So it's just, it's always interesting to see how these, like, these ebbs and flows of these teams when, you know, they're in good moments. You know, at one point people spoke about this, uh, spoke spoke about this with West Ham and spoke about this with um, with teams like Wolves. But weirdly, you know, we're still in the mix. It's, it's oh, such a, it's such a funny polarised, it's a funny polarised conversation. Us being in the mix, we've been we, we've been in the Premier League for for decades upon decades. The structure of the club is there. That's why we're up there in terms of in an amount of ranks. But yeah. listen, this season, I, all, all I want, if if I'm being brutally honest, yeah, I would like for Brighton to happily give us three points. You know, because it would be nice. It would be nice if they don't they don't go ham on us and we take the three points, and then and then they decide to go ham on those guys on the other side of North London and cost them the league. That would make me feel better, yeah? But that's not what's going to happen. We're going to get bland, yeah? Because we are Tottenham Hotspurs. And but we then, are run by losers. We are run by losers. Yeah? See, like, like uh, sorry, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you again, but this is what I'm saying. Like, they've been very fortunate in the way that they've gone. If I'm talking about the last six games that they've played in the Premier League, Bournemouth away, Brentford at home, Palace at home, Leeds away, West Ham at home, uh, Fulham at home, Crystal Palace at home, Bournemouth at home. Like, 
But then you look at the next games that they have. <laughs> Honestly, the next four games, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man City, Man City, Man United. That's the next four games. Beautiful. You know? Beautiful. I like that. There's, there's at least three victories in there for them. I hope one of the, one of their losses is against Man City. But the other three teams, they can punch up. Chelsea? Yeah. Us? Yeah. United? Eh. Interesting. I I don't know. Like this weekend, I I think I think this weekend is just important because I think right now, you know, um, the PR, the club, the players, the fans, it's all negative. No, no one can tell me otherwise. It's all negative, and I can't imagine it's going to be a nice place to be um, on the weekend. You know, so three o'clock kickoff. So, you know, it should it should be fairly full. And the fans are going to want a reaction. The last two games that we've played, people are going to say, oh, you picked up two points. They both felt like losses. They both felt like losses, very frankly. Are we home um, or away? We're at home. Hey, we are going to the blood at home. What the kind of rubbish is this? Blood at the stadium. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's gonna oh be. Oh my god, we're gonna get blamed at the stadium. It's gonna be an interesting. What one. are our fans gonna do? Our fans are gonna do nothing. Yeah, when when it was time to write, them man had a concert. Our fans are gonna do nothing. They're just gonna say, "That's all they're gonna do." I'll trust these fans to to be real real about it. I told you in the last pod, Levy's accessible. <laughs> all right, well, all right, well, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll sign it off. There's one more no, question. Don't sign it off. I want, these, I want riots. I want problems. All right, we'll Always. get. Yeah, we'll get to this question. So, can you guys explain to me why we hardly ever promote players from the youth setup when we hardly develop any talents? It's like there's no platform for them to break in for first team. Please discuss. Um, I don't know why we don't have. I guess the talents to be able to promote them outside of Divine, who we signed. Um, but the platform thing, I mean, we've, we've obviously had a couple of managers who don't favor, uh, mm-hmm. playing young players, even Pochettino in his last like two years, wasn't great at it. Even though he had skip right there, gave him a few minutes here and there. Um, yeah. And that, and the fact that I don't think that the academy teams are playing necessarily the same style as us. Maybe they've yeah. made a shift towards it with the appointment of the head of methodology in Simon Davis, but um, it, it's hard to tell. I haven't watched enough games of our academy well, teams this year, to be fair, but I don't get the impression they've been playing the same way. So it's a bit of a... So we're, we're a team where we don't notoriously promote... Okay, no. In our history, we've had one standout gem from our uh, youth team or talent, uh, you know, under 21s, whatever it is, that have come through and they've become a mainstay in our team. If you go through the history, Saul Campbell, uh, Ledley King, even um, Gareth Bell, Harry Kane's the latest one. You know, all of these guys became mainstays. The problem we have is our turnover of these academy players is poor. And what happens is we would get rid of a lot of our 
better academy players because the said manager in charge at that point has either fallen out with this academy player or doesn't like their play style, i.e. Edwards and Poch. Poch thought Edwards was, his head was too too big on his shoulders. Gave the green light, he went. Yeah. Poch's fault for that, partly, as yeah, well. Poch, Poch the mini Messi. Definitely. But he, he went on to, to go to um, Victoria and then uh, Sporting has made a career of it. We had uh, uh, the kid that's now gone to Chelsea, uh, Maduaka. Maduaki? I can't, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, yeah Maduaki. We had him. We lost him. He went to um, PSV or Final or whatever Dutch team it was. And now he's at Chelsea. I don't know if he's going to have a great career. But we've had players like this that we haven't managed well because, you know, whoever the manager is at that time either doesn't fancy them or don't think they're capable of stepping up. And that's fine if you don't think they're capable of stepping up. Send them out on loan. You know, send them out on loan to to a team with your play style. We don't do that well. We haven't done that well, I should say. And then you take into consideration that we we promoted the likes of Tanganga, um, Winks, and people have seen it, it, it just stunk. You know, they, they ever had a good initial start and then it just fell apart. And a, a lot of managers come in and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really favouring it because you have to really, really coach these kids, you know, up into a standard. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, my thing is, when you look at it, Chelsea's model, as much as I hate them, you know, they loan and loan and loan and loan and loan until either the, the player is good enough to come into their starting team depending on whoever the manager is, or they've built up a big enough stock that they can sell them for a profit and a good profit at that. You know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek went to Crystal Palace. Gallagher went to Crystal Palace, came back to Chelsea. I, I don't know if Gallagher is still a starter, but Ruben made made some sauce for a few managers. You know, they've got a very good system in terms of that kind of rotation of academy players coming up. I know they've got a massive academy, but they do that. You can't compare it to Arsenal. Arsenal have always, you know, integrated. In fact, Arsenal's entire system, they all play one style. So it's not a problem for them. You know, the same with Barcelona, all one style. Real Madrid, funnily enough, are similar to us and they will promote a gem here and there. But the majority of their academy players, they go out. United, not really. United one or two, you know, might have a good season. Go out. It's not it's not that easy to promote kids from the academy unless unless your team from the first academy team all the way to the first team play the exact same style. That's the only way it can work. Because then you would have players that you can be like, yep, take you, come into the team. That's why Barcelona were happy to go with uh, Gavi and Predri and even um, Atsu Fati. They were happy to go with these players because they knew you guys play our style. We we don't have to teach you guys to play the Barcelona way. We don't have a way. We don't have a style. We don't have nothing. I think one of the things that we're really missing as well, I don't think there's a real path to the first team. Um, I don't think players, uh, even if the style is different, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't know how football works in terms of... Uh, the modern day um, difference between under 21s, under 22s, under 18s and first teams. But I feel like 
there was once a time where you know if a player was good enough, generally he was probably he was probably rewarded with some game time in the first team. Um, yeah, you can take on managers who uh, who don't really promote first um, you you know youth players or give them opportunities, but then again, like it kind of defeats of having the youth. Uh, the youth, the youth academies, the youth setups. You know, you have clubs pay massive amount of monies to either develop guys or to bring guys in to hopefully try and represent the team in first team. And Poch always used to say it as well is that like if you have a lot of these young players, it's actually very good for them because these are the guys that you want to kind of pad up the first team, not just because of their quality, but because also generally these players have been at the clubs for a long time. They understand the culture. They understand what it means to play for the club. So that's why if you get someone like a Winks or a Kane or even a Skip, they understand what it means to play for Tottenham. And if they're good enough, like I always say, I've always said this, young players, they're playing so much football at that level. And sometimes you need just a switch in them to be able to say, you need to change this, you need to improve this, you need to do less of this. But generally, the young players who are good enough to play at this level given the opportunity, they will perform. Uh, I, I mean, we're talking across the league, this happens. You, you look at Bajatic at Liverpool, Evan Ferguson at Brighton, you, you, you're looking at players like uh, Palmer, Foden, Mount, Saka. They're genuinely, if you're good enough and you're given the opportunity and there's a decent pathway for you to be integrated into the team, you don't have to play every week unless you're a wonder kid. But actually, the opportunities are just so, they're so small. And it just feels frustrating because at Spurs, we're putting all this money into players who come into the team and are kind of young and are kind of old and they don't even understand like what the club, like what it means to play for the club or even sometimes what the club plays like. And you have these young players like, you know, that just don't really get the opportunities. Like, you know, I, I, I don't, I look, I look at Skip as a perfect example. And that's the kind of person, like, that's why I was, a, I kind of disagreed with what you said about Skip, because in my head, he's fulfilled his role perfectly in terms of his trajectory in, in the club. Poch saw potential in him. Poch gave him some minutes, but realised he needed a bit more honing of his games. He needed a bit more development. Went to the championship, which is arguably a men's league. And he performed, he showed out. So actually, he became a player who actually improved his game, developed his game and realised that he could play in a men's league. And you bring him to Tottenham in a first team. And actually, that's the kind of player who, I know it's very cliche to say it, but he gets it. He's been in the club a long time. He knows how important it is to play for Tottenham. And given the opportunity to play, he will play. And he's someone, in my opinion, that is like arguably perfect for that, that squad role, whereby you need someone who's going to come in at a decent level, who's going to give it the rule, and they can play at a goodish standard. And he knows that there's a path to the first team because he's been in the first team for a long time. He's, he's put in the minutes on loan and he's come back and he's been rewarded. You just don't see that in the first team often enough at Spurs. And unfortunately... Like, because it's a very much a win-now culture in the Premier League, and that's across the league, not just at Spurs, the opportunities to give players first-team opportunities at the top of the league are so much, they're so less, they're so much less than they would be in, like, teams in, like, the bottom, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 teams in the Premier League, in, in, in my opinion, anyway. So, just to bounce off that, 
this kind of goes back to the manager point that I was making in terms of whether the manager favours younger players. Because in Conte's first season, when Skip had come back from Norwich, he gave Skip a good run, like with Hoybjerg. And for me, Skip was the better of the two. Skip got injured. Fine. That's nothing against him. He got injured. I think he missed the rest of the season. Obviously, Benton Core came in. We finished the season how we finished. Benton Core and Hoybjerg start the next season. Me personally, if if I was Conte, I'd have gone with Skip and Benton Core. I think I think everyone even said it in the group. It has to be Skip and Bentacle. It mm-hmm. almost was unanimous that it had to be Skip and Bentacle. But Conte didn't fancy it, kept it with Hoybjerg. We had the stinker that we've had and then decided to give Skip Trump minutes. And it's only when he gave him a run recently because of Bentacle's injury that you're starting to realise, oh, this kid should have at least started ahead of Hoybjerg. But the damage is done. That's what. That's why I'm like. Even if a new manager comes in, if he goes to an a, a, a loan to, I'm just gonna say a team out here, and I'm not being disrespectful to the team. But if he goes on loan to say Aston Villa, I think Emery would appreciate him. He ain't playing at Aston Villa. He's not like, like and 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 this, and this and and, and the, okay. The reason I think what you're saying is right is that like yes, he didn't he he didn't get minutes under Conte, but then that's because bro, largely he was playing in a two. And Bentacle is better of the two. And he trusted Hoiberg because what did Hoiberg do? Played end of the season and he played to get us into the top four. So, of course, he's going to play him. But you have, to, you have to understand that, like, this is what I mean about, like, players like Skip. It's actually okay to be a squad player and give the squad what you need. But I'm sorry, he's not going to Villa. He's not playing over Ramsey. He's not playing, he's not playing over Diaz. He's not playing over Kamara. And that's okay. That's he doesn't absolutely need to, okay. Do the thing. If he goes on not, yeah, because the same thing happened with um, Walker. Yeah, Walker didn't start every game when he was on, but he played a lot of time. He got minutes. He got very good minutes. Yeah, and he and he was in the Premier League as well, so he was facing a lot of the opponents he was going to face when he came back to Spurs. Even when he came back to Spurs, he wasn't lights out straight away. But the problem is, and this is this is where I blame the manager. This is where I blame Conte in this regard. Skip gets back to full fitness. At this point of the season, I'm looking at the team. I'm like, drop Hoybjerg. Drop him. Stop this whole he's favourable. I was even at the point where I was like, drop Son. But stop this whole favourable thing. Give Skip a few run of games. Let let the kid get his feet back in the first team. If it goes back to rotation, that's fine. But let the kid get a few run of games. You know what he did? He put him in a free and then put him on the right-hand side of the free and told Basuma to do his role. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I remember that game is an example of when he played the box-to-box role. Uh, sorry, Tulsa, I think you were talking there, but you were yeah, on mute. But, but, um, uh, I think we, we need to wrap this up now, lads. I mean, we got uh, half past 11 now at the time of recording. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a good one. It's been a good one. Um, obviously, now on to Brighton this weekend. Really not hopeful, but guys, thank you again for joining us. It's been another news post all apart. Thank you for those in the comments, particularly um, Gajita again and Papa Blankson. Um, yeah, catch us on the streams every Thursday or Friday, depending on our schedules. And uh, the audio comes out every Saturday, but for now, 
pace and uh, come on. On debut, Tungay has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.